Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and we are uh, talking about emotional hoarding today and you know everybody's seen those hoarders on TV and you know it's awful to watch but of course I have to watch, I'm sure you do too Linda, but sometimes we become emotional hoarders and Linda I'm going to turn the mic over to you because you have, you know you came up with that term and I know other people have used it in the past but the first time I ever heard it was from you. So I want to know what led you to think of what both you and I are going through as emotional hoarding. It's because I think we both got to a place where you say, I I can't take it anymore. And it, it brought me to think of these shows where you see these people and it starts pretty innocently and you know they're they're collecting and they're collecting and they're collecting and they're collecting and pretty soon a room is full and then pretty soon another room is full of their stuff and then before you know it the whole house is full of stuff and they can't even get to the front door. I saw a show where a man was trapped in his bed, and they ha- and he had to call the firemen and the policemen to come and dig him out because he couldn't get out of his own bed in his own house because he had collected so much stuff. Wow. And, and, and and I think that's what we do when we say, I'm done. Now, you and I have got a new saying saying, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And that means we're done collecting all of our stuff that we have collected for years and years and years. It's time to call the firemen and the policemen to dig us out of all of this emotional trash that we're carrying around that's impacting our lives. We don't want it anymore. We want sweetness. We want love. We want to have, we want to be around people that understand us, that care about us, that love us just the way we are. We don't have to put on shows for anybody. And that's what we're trying to do, you and I, and hope the, the, the listeners of this show, is getting rid of all the crap that we've collected all this emotional hoarding so that we can live the lives we were meant to live. Well, absolutely. You know, and I'm going to echo you on the done. I usually three times. I'm like, I'm done, done, done. Because one doesn't was one done wasn't enough. Because I really wanted to get to the point where I understood 
that I needed to make it done and I needed to do this work. It's not something you can blame or pass off on somebody. And when you feel yourself slipping away or like, you know, going inside and, you know, introspection is all good. But when you find yourself shutting off or disappearing or drowning, you know, when I put a post up, Linda, a couple of weeks ago about these feelings, Women reported back to me feelings like drowning, feelings like dying. I said to you, I felt like I was, I just had ashes inside. There wasn't anything left. And if you experience any of those feelings, it might be because you've packed down all these emotions over the years. And so you don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you can't get out of your own way. And and I, I know for me, it's sometimes you just feel like a robot going through the motions. You know, every day, so you get up and you do do the things you have to be. But you know, you're not feeling it. It's not. It's not a joy. It's just you're going through the motions. And oh my God, if that's what life is about, it, it, you're in a very bad spot. And uh, you have to realize it. And but I think the most important thing to realize is know that you can get out of it. You can get out of that. Out of that. Of your own way you can you can fix it you can repair it you can live the life that you want to live but you gotta you've got to do the work right and you know the doing the work is is not as hard as you think you know i think so much online and you know in these offices they make it a lot more complicated than it has to be and you really need to have something that you can do that doesn't cost a lot of money that doesn't require you to travel and so much of that happens when you decide to remove the layers or the pancakes or you know in an earlier episode Linda talked about you know having these layers on top of her heart that made it really difficult to feel and I know for me I had like a giant boulder it was like a huge rock that sat on my chest like an elephant and I couldn't breathe I couldn't feel anything and there was no room in there to feel and Linda have you ever experienced that whole thing about not having room to feel yes absolutely and and you know for 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 a very long time and then um I mean I feel a you know, I, it's not that I don't feel because it's there, but I don't allow it to be there. Mm-hmm. And then I, the thing that's really helped me, I think, uh, and I, is it sounds silly or not silly, but um, it was uh, getting my dog Lucy because she helped open uh, she she helped open a little crack in my heart to know how loving and how affectionate and how unconditional love can be with a pet that you adore so if it's in there and i'm not saying it's going to be as pure with <laughs> with everything as it is with your favorite pet but it's it's it shows you what you're capable of doing because there there isn't anything I wouldn't do for her and I no matter what she does I really don't get annoyed at her that's not so it's, with people no so it's it, not it so just, with people so it's it, it was just a, it was like a little ray of light to say wow this this could be so much more if I could figure out how to just take that little crack and just pry it open uh, further and further so that you could feel that with with life, with people, with, with everything. And, and um, that's what I'm in the process of, of doing. 
Well, and with joy, you know, and with anger, with like, you know, I couldn't feel anything. I just felt, you know, stuck. I felt, felt mad, you know, but even yeah. mad started to go away, you know, which was what really scared me because I thought, you know, I'm really starting to disappear. I used to have feelings and thoughts on all these subjects and I wanted to express them and I wanted to hear what other people had to say. And, you know, it just kept shriveling up and there was less and less room in my heart or my soul or my mind for any of this stuff because I was holding on to too much. And I'm not yeah. real good at letting go. I'll be honest. I, I had to work hard at letting some of this stuff go. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. You know, and, and what you're saying is, you know, it, it was kind of the robot thing. I mean, you're like a mechanical toy. You, 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 you can get things done, you're working, you're pretty, but, but you're not feeling. And it, right. that's a terrible, terrible feeling. You know, when, when, when you look at that, it's just, that's not the way we were, we're human beings. We're, you know, we're energy, we're, we're love, we're all of these great things. And, and why are, why do we choose? And, I don't think we consciously choose. It just happens because of the emotional hoarding to to let go of the things that are so important to us and just mask it over with this with this robot existence. Well, and I think some of us, like what I found, you know, and, and I'm going to, you know, this will be towards the end of the show, but, you know, once we talk about how to deal with this emotional hoarding, once I've unloaded this, I realize, like, I do not want anyone else to take up that space. You know, I think I took on so many other people's emotions and feelings. You know, I just sucked them all up like a sponge. And um, as a result, I got filled up with not only my own stuff, but other people's stuff. And I really had to learn kind of what was mine and what was not mine. That was a big thing for me. Hmm. I, you have yes. better boundaries than I do. <laughs> no, well, I do have uh, better boundaries with um, with ninety percent of the people in my life. I I didn't have such good boundaries with my husband, and um, because I've known him for, like forever since I was nineteen years old, and and at the beginning when I was very young, my life my life was regulated by his moods. If he was okay, I was okay. If he wasn't okay, I wasn't okay. Um, if he was mad, I, you know, then I, it, it was, it was awful because it was like I was just, I was like a puppet. And then at 29, I, I discovered that nobody can make me happy but me, and so that was a big life lesson, and, and it changed my life, and, and it sort of made me understand that I can do anything that I want to do. But I didn't, um, I didn't remove that thorn completely. And so there was little, there was little uh, prickly things in there that I never did get out. And so it, it played over the years in a whole bunch of different areas um, to the point where, again, you, it's, it, you get into the robot syndrome. Not, you, 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 just don't, you don't feel anymore. Well, and I think that happens to us as parents. I think it happens to us as wives. I've seen it with my kids. It can happen to us as children. And, you know, figuring out where boundaries are is is so hard if you don't have them. You know, I needed professional help to help me figure out boundaries. And I read a really good book about boundary setting. I, I don't remember the title of it. I just remember boundaries was right in the, the title. So I encourage everybody today who are listening that are experiencing some of these things to kind of check out boundaries, to check 
out, you know, where your emotions end and other people's begin. Because if you were like me, I was just the sponge. And Linda, it sounds like you were sponging up pretty good, too, in your marriage. And, you know, these are things that we don't want to own. They're not ours. They're like newspapers that are delivered to our neighbor, and we decide we're going to pile them up in our house. I'm going to take us to commercial break. A topic today is emotional hoarding. My name is Sandra Beck, and this is Linda Franklin and Powered Up Talk Radio. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about emotional hoarding. We talked about what it kind of looks like and feels like. Next, we're going to talk about what we can do about it. So you're not going to want to miss this more after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. night my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women according to the article men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men i'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating which means right now there are 28 things that i'm putting off until later What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and today's episode is about emotional hoarding. Linda, while we were on break, I went and looked at a Huffington Post article about emotional hoarders, and they said the more um, hoarders accumulate these feelings, these negative feelings, the positive feelings even, they stuff them all down, the more isolated they become from the best parts of their life, including uh, love and friendship, and the more they accumulate these 
mostly negative um, feelings, the more they are insulated, they feel from the world and its danger. So it starts with some sort of trauma. It starts with something, you know, upsetting, and it could happen 5, 10, 20, even 30 years ago. And if you're still upset about something um, that's happened that long, you're kind of holding on to these feelings. And, you know, there's three big reasons the Huffington Post cites about emotional hoarding. And number one, you're trying to avoid your pain, which is funny because you're sitting in your pain, but all that pain makes you kind of numb to the rest of the world. The other one is that it's the you're like caught in the spin cycle and you know you don't even realize it it just triggers happen and you go through that same cycle and you've been doing it for years and years and you know you're just kind of living in that that emotional hamster wheel and the third one is that people are either afraid of or they don't like change and that's one of the things that I found like if I could hold on to the pain of my divorce I didn't have to change and face the unknown of a future relationship it was really easy for me to stay stuck because when you stay stuck in past pain or trauma or like my mom's death I could could stay stuck there I didn't have to face the unknown and I think when we don't want change or we're overwhelmed by change there's a big part of the unknown that we don't like um do any of those things resonate with you from from your from your own acquisition of your feelings Yes, all of all of it, and I and I don't think that you and I are unique. I think it'll resonate with everybody because everybody has has got those feelings. Uh, change is scary because the unknown is is also very scary. So people, us, our listeners, you you stay where you are because it's less scary um, to stay where you are than than to explore something new. But you know, we know that doesn't work. We know it doesn't work, and yet we still we still choose it because it's safer. You know, sometimes safe isn't always the best way. And yeah, I mean, it it, it all resonates. This is not you know you, you're not reinventing the wheel here. We're all human beings, and we all go through the same traumas. And I know this 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 show is a little a little heavy. Um, uh, but I think that when you're dealing with a subject like this and about changing lives, I don't think you can just be be nice and skirt skirt the issues. I think you have to you have to go down with your galoshes on and really dig it out. And and that's what we're going to try to do this year because you know just being on the surface doesn't doesn't really work because when you're on the surface, you're in your head, and that's not where this work emanates from. It emanates from your heart, from your gut, from your soul. Right, and they're ugly, uncomfortable feelings that people don't like to feel. They certainly don't like to talk about them, and it's a lot of times easier just to stuff them down and hope they go away. Yes, and what do we do? I mean, we, you know, you were talking about, you know, not wanting to chat with, with people. It's, you know, it's um, we choose the people that are most like ourselves, the friends that I have now nowhere resemble the friends that I had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, because I wasn't who I am today 10 or 20 years ago. And so the people that really turned me on then, I don't even want to go near because, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're stuck in who they are, and I'm not in that place anymore. So being with them kind of it actually hurts to hear them talk. And, to, and, I, and I don't want to be there. And I'm so in that, I'm done, done, done. And I don't have to be there. And isn't that a nice thing? But, you know, but we have to work these things out 
we can't work out other people's issues. We all know that, you know. We can't change people, but we can change ourselves. So, you know, I want to, and I, you have to want to. I want to change. I don't want to be the person I've been for the last, like, four, five, six decades. I'm, I no. want to, I want, I want to be, I want to be better. I want to be happier. I want to be uh, warmer. I want to be more joyful. I want, you always say that, you know, there's a kid in me that's buried deep. I want that kid to come out. I, 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 she never had a chance. I don't think I was ever a kid. I came to New York when I was 19 and I took responsibility and I had a job and I had to pay the rent and I had to do these things. I mean, I've never been a parent, but I've always, you know, I've always been, you know, my own parent, I think, you know, and I never was a kid. I always felt a, this sense of responsibility everywhere. I, you know, I want to have, I, I want to have more fun. I mean, I'm, I, that's what I want now. Well, but in I order to, to get there, you have to, you have to do some digging and some repairing. You have to do some repair work. Well, and we can't do the things that we did that got us to where we are in the first place. Like, that is a big epiphany for me. It's like, if I keep stuffing it down, if I keep, you know, doing what I'm doing, why would anything ever change? Yes, why would it? So, you know, you you started this thing by saying that, we, you know, th- these are the things that you need to do to to get, you know, to get rid of the emotional hoarding to to change. You know, what can you do? I and I, and again, I think the first thing is realizing what you're doing. And I, I mean, if you don't realize what you're doing, you're going to continue doing the same thing and think it's normal. Right. And get the same results. And get the same results. I mean, that's the definition of, of, of crazy, right? You're doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So it starts and it, and, and it, it ends with you. So, you know, so that's just realizing that this, this is what I'm doing. There's no mistakes here. If, if this, is, this is my life, and I've created this life. I can't blame it on anybody. This is what I created. Why did I create this? What do I like about it? What don't I like about it? And, and the things that I don't like, let's, let's make a concerted effort to dig deep and change them. Well, and that's one of the things that where I think journaling really helped me because when I would talk to people other than, you know, like a therapist, you know, they all had their own opinion on what I could do. And then I got really confused. And, you know, some <laughs> people were acting in my best interest. Some people I realized years later wanted me to stay stuck. You know, you make yeah. friends when you're in crisis or trauma or you're going through something. You know, like recently I did an interview uh, for, for about the word friend. And I think the word friend should have like a hundred different versions like the Eskimos have for the word snow. Because, you know, there are friends that you meet when you're a little kid and you carry them through life. Then there's friends that you make because of a time, you know, your soccer moms together or your work buddies together. And, you know, those really don't sustain after the kind of thing that brought you together um, evaporates or or goes on its way. But it's the same, like I had divorce buddies. I had friends that were going through a divorce and some of them are still stuck in that divorce. And, you know, five years have passed and I moved on and I want to move on and they're still stuck there. And so me talking about what I want for my future life It offends them, it hurts them, it upsets them, because I'm not the same person I was five years ago, so I can't 
necessarily be with the same people. So I have to let them go and they need to let me go. But I made the mistake of going to them for advice, thinking that they wanted me to get better when they really wanted me to stay stuck with them. No, well, you'll you'll find that people that are unhappy want to want to associate with other unhappy people. And that is the last thing in the world we want to do is associate with unhappy people. Yeah. We so that you know that's why we're choosing and and when we're with people that we that really open our hearts and make us feel so good and there's no tension and there's no and we can just be ourselves and and talk about the things that are important to us and there's there's no judgment and it's there's it's just easy it's so wonderful and then that's i mean it happened to me um a couple of weeks ago when I had that experience of just having, just being in just such a wonderful place. And that, and then last week of going out with people and it was one of the most miserable nights I've had in a long time because the contrast of, of what I had, what I had experienced the week before to that was so great that, I mean, I just couldn't, I, I, I kept looking at my watch. I just, I needed to get out of there. It just, it, as I said, it, it hurts. It physically hurts. Maybe it I'm being does. overly dramatic, but that's the way it felt to me because I know I can have the good thing. Why in the name of God would I go and put myself in a situation that makes me feel so terrible? There's no reason. I got it. You, you know, you just, you, you've got to let it go. But we do because it feels familiar. It feels normal. It feels safe. You know, and when it's time for us to make a new normal to say, you know what? And I think when you start journaling, you start writing these things down on a piece of paper, you really start, you know, giving yourself some time away from life, just step off the treadmill for a little bit to sit with yourself and sit with your feelings, then you can identify what you don't like. And when you identify what you don't like, then you can figure out what what you can do differently. But you kind of have to be quiet for a little bit in order for for those feelings to come up it's not enough just to have a a a difficult night and go wow i didn't really like that i really didn't enjoy that or i really you got to sit down and ask yourself why how have you changed what you gotta you gotta analyze it yep what is different because it's a thorn yeah it's definitely a good sign of a thorn yeah and we are talking you know about Michael Singer's book, uh, what was the title? Uh, Untethered Soul. The, the Untethered, Untethered Soul. Soul. Yeah, we're going to talk about his book when we come back about the thorns. We talked about it in last week's episode. You can check it out on iTunes or Powered Up Talk Radio or toginet.com and find the episode on Powered Up about about removing these thorns because we cannot build our life around the things we don't like and we don't want because we've been hurt in the past. And that's really the crux of what we're getting at, identifying where we were hurt, how, analyzing it, making steps or taking steps to let these things go so that we can move on in joy. We can move on in peace and live our best life yet. We're going to come back after the break to talk a little bit more about how to do this. We'll be back again after this message.
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. that many prospective college students work under the management of handlers. A tutor helps with SAT preparation, while a consultant concocts the perfect resume to present to colleges. They say the closest people ever come to perfection is on their resume. But college admission staffs aren't so bubbleable. That means gullible when it comes to sorting out students' qualifications. What's another word for a person with enough education to go to college? A tancum. The graduation cap was initially a hood and is believed to date back to the Celtic times when druid priests wore capes and hoods to symbolize their intelligence. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are talking about emotional hoarding. What is it? What does it feel like? What can we do with it? And how do we heal it? Um, You know, Linda, so many of the things that uh, women do, and I'm sure men do too, but I can't talk about them because I don't spend as much time with them as I do with my women friends. But I want to talk about ruminating. Um, and ruminating is when you kind of go over the same scab or scar and you pick at it over and over and over and you analyze it with your friends. You know, I have one girlfriend who I love dearly, but for the past 20 years, we have to go back to her first husband who cheated on her who didn't treat her right and blah 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 you know and it was really tough for her at the time but 20 years have passed and I swear not a party goes by that she has to bring up this thing and then analyze it and ask people their opinions and it's almost like her part-time job but I think as women we want to ruminate over things we want to make some sense out of things that there is no sense or we want to assign blame or find our own blame and you know we can analyze this stuff to death and then 
two weeks later you have this epiphany or somebody says that and then you get on that rumination train and ride it around the park again uh, women do that over and over and over oh, I, I think men do it too you know and, and it, she doesn't understand what she's doing to herself and to her life and to her friends because I, I bet you a lot of them when she comes in the room they 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 head for the other side or or the door because nobody wants to hear it nobody why can't people realize that most people if they're just casual friends they don't want to hear about the same bad things over and over and over and over again because after a while you kind of lose your sympathy and especially after years and years and years it's time to move on and doesn't anybody just tell her to move on well, not anybody that has her friend anymore, you know. <laughs> but I mean, because it's it's. Go ahead. No, or, or you know, they're in the same boat. They're they're carrying all of their their baggage around with them, and so it, it's someone to uh, to exchange suitcases with, and it's just, you know, it's so unhealthy, and and and. She's, you know, she's also. She sounds like she's made it an occupation. You know that this is who I am. I am the I am the jilted wife, and that's my that's my role. That's my identity. And she's not taking well, the time to to just say, well, that was then. This is now. Who am I really? Where? where do, what do I want? What feelings do I really want to uh, bring out in me? And and uh, so I that I can. Be happy again. I mean, happy. I mean, I want to be happy. I mean, this is me. I want to be happy. I want to be peace. I want to be in peace and grace, and I want to be happy. Right. Well, and I think, you know, when people pull on these identities, you know, and it can be emotional hoarding or it can be, um, you know, pulling on these identities through rumination, through, you know, going over the same story over and over. So it becomes part of your identity. I think you need to have a real sit down with yourself. And that's what I like about like yoga, meditation and journaling. You know, all of those kind of force you to be with yourself. And if you ask yourself the question, who am I? And you come home from a party or you come home from a, a dinner party and think about what did I present to somebody that night? Did I present the jilted wife? Did I present the sad sack? Did I present, you know, what did I present? And is that person I'm presenting really me and really who I want to be? And these are big, big questions, but you can start, are. you know, you can start, you can pick up a piece of paper and you can write the word I am. That's like, you know, Joel Osteen wrote about it. Wayne Dyer wrote about it. You know, some of these, I'm sure Deepak Chopra has something to say about the words I am. Mm -hmm. I am what? I am who I am. That's, you know, that's what God <laughs> said to, to Moses. I am who I am. And, and, all, and we're all pieces and go, of that. I am what? I am, you know, I kind of take an inventory. I'm tired, I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm whatever. You know, I tick through those things, and then I go, I am. I am a mother, I am a sister, like these are all the roles I play. I'm a friend. And then I think about, like, I am. What, am I happy? And if I'm not happy, I got to get to the bottom of why I'm not happy. And it's not your fault, Linda. It's not your husband's fault. It's not my ex-husband's fault. That whole responsibility on figuring out what will make me happy falls down to me. Absolutely. And there's another thing, I mean, in Michael Singer's book, I, I just think it's, it's sort of like a Bible. I mean, I, I've read a lot of books on, on self-help and spiritualism. 
you know, ideas and ideals. But this book is so, I would say it's simple. It's simple. It's just getting out of your own head. It's getting out of your own head because we're we're the ones that are spawning all of this nonsense that's going on. And if we can just lay back and watch ourselves or watch a situation and not get involved in it, can I mean, how freeing is that? So if if somebody comes up in it and, and says something that you don't like, instead of engaging in it, you just you just pull back from it and say, you know, this this whole thing is just not real. I I, I don't choose to to partake in it. I'll look at all look look at all the things that we could not get all bent out of shape about if we just just watched it go by. Well, and that's a lot different than shutting things off. You know, we talked earlier in the episode about shutting off or getting so bogged down with our feelings, you know, that we don't want to engage. And what we're talking about here is very different. We're talking about not choosing to engage, not because we don't feel like it, not because, but we make an active choice to go, is this something I want to get upset about? Is this something that, you know, really moves me and I need to get involved in? Or or am I doing it by habit? Or am I doing it to feel important? I mean, we really have to stop and think about some of these things. I think we have to be, each one of us has to be an expert on us, on yourself. And so, like, when you do something, you know, you look at it and you say, why, why am I doing this? And, and that's part of the, the, the journaling uh, experience. Why am I doing this? What, what triggered, precipitated me doing this? What does it really mean? Because it, it, it isn't because he brought home pizza instead of a hamburger or he didn't listen right. and, and didn't bring home anything and he said he would. I mean, what is it? What, what is that deep, deep? seated emotion that I haven't dealt with that keeps coming up and, and, and coming up and coming up in so many different areas because that's the underlying reason I'm doing and reacting the way I am. What is it? Let me bring it up to the surface and get rid of it. I don't need it anymore. And I don't and want so, it. I don't want it. I'm done, done, done. So how do you get to the source of that? Like, you know, what do you do that allows you to kind of get to that point? I I watch it. I watch watch myself. I watch my behavior. I I look at what what is triggering me. That doesn't necessarily mean that I did anything about it, but but I understood it. But understanding it and doing something about it are two very, very different things. Now I really want to do something about it and um, not just understand it. I want to change it. I want to, and it's, it's sometimes it's almost like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 this is the person that I want to be. And at the beginning, if I change my behavior, it um, it may seem foreign to me at the beginning. But this is this is what I want to be so let me fake it till i make it let me see what it feels like because i think if i if i do it often enough it's going to start to feel like part of my natural behavior and it's going to make me feel much happier 
it's going to be it's going to be something that that is beneficial instead of detrimental. So I mean, I I'm using all of these and the journaling and all these different techniques to, you know, just just rustle things up a little bit, get rid of all the all the the, the emotional uh, baggage, the the emotional hoarding, and 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 get it out of my system. And again, again, I, I mean, I think everybody's going to have their own way, but we but you whatever your way is, realize that it, it's. This is intentional. I'm doing this because I don't want that anymore. This is what I want, and I'm working toward that. So where do you start? Like, like you know, you've helped me a lot over the years. If somebody came to you today and said, you know, Linda, I'm tired of carrying all this baggage around. I'm done, done, done. What's the next step? You know, I think that the next step is just saying, are those just words or do you really feel it? Where are those words coming from? You know, is, are they coming from your head or are they coming from, you know, someplace deep inside of your psyche? And you know the difference. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, and, and when it, when, when, you know, if you, so you, that that's the first decision you have to make and then say, okay. Am I willing to to feel the pain or make a change or and if you are great if you're not you're not ready yet i mean it, and i and i would I would just encourage people to to do what I just kind of explained to to lay back and just watch things and not get engaged in things just watch your own behavior watch watch what triggers you. Just don't, you know, just don't, you know, don't react. Just watch and see, oh, my God, that person said that thing to me. Uh, you know, normally I would, I would, you know, cut them off at the knees. What am, I'm just going to watch. What, what did that really mean? I think you really have to, you, you have to get to know yourself better. And, the, you know, and a lot of people don't. They, they're just surface. And they're willing to put up with the pain so that they don't have to go deep. But you, you, if you want to, if you want to make things better, you you gotta cut it. You gotta cut out the bad stuff. You want if you want to get better, you gotta cut out the disease, dis-ease. All right. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the word why. One of the things that really helped me uh, get to the meat of things was I'd ask myself why five times. And when we come back from the break, we're going to give some examples of this because this can really help you in trying to figure out why you're reacting the way you are, why these things are happening. And then you can make an action plan for what to do about them. We're going to talk about this after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can. With lessons in joyful living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. 
She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we are talking today about emotional hoarding and and getting in touch with our feelings, Linda. I had a really hard time even knowing what I was feeling because things were stuffed down so deep, and it was so thick, I I couldn't get through it. It was like trying to run through pudding, and one of the things in one of the workshops I attended, or maybe it was, you know, in one of my sessions with a private counselor was the power of asking yourself the word why and you know as simple as it sounds something would happen to me and I'd go ooh I didn't like that or ooh I didn't like the way they said that to me or ooh that hurt my feelings and I really had to stop for a second and then go why you know why did this bother me you know And it really led to all sorts of interesting kind of discussions and interesting journaling and interesting thoughts because when I would ask myself, like, why does that bother me? First of all, like, I would think about, does it really even matter to me? Like, should I really be... I, I just have to stop you for a second because I'm sitting here, and and there is the most magnificent rainbow just appeared outside my window. Oh, my God. In the middle of New York City? In the middle of New York City. And it is big and it is bright and it is, what does that mean? That's a sign. That is a sign. It means that we're on the right track. Yeah. Oh, honest. Oh, it's, it's just like coming. I, I can see the river from my office and it's just emanating from the river in this highest, highest arc up to the clouds. Oh, is it ever beautiful? Just took my breath away. Wow. Okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I love that. We have a little moment of interlude. Everyone can imagine the rainbow over New York City. And I like to think that it's a sign that we're on the right track in, in creating uh, a new life for ourselves. But, um, um, one of the things, Linda, was I had to ask myself, why does something bother me? And, you know, was it about me or was it about them? And was it something I didn't like in myself? And was it something I should really be upset about? You know, why is this bothering me was always such a good start. And then I would say, well, I didn't like it because he said this. OK, well, why? Why did he say this? Why did I see it this way? Why do I matter? Why does it matter to me? And I kept kind of drilling down with the why and a lot of times I 
I got to the bottom of it and it was like, why do I care what this person thinks? Really? <laughs> you know, at the very bottom of it, I had to ask myself, why do I care what this person thinks? Whether it's a, you know, coworker or somebody on the street or somebody at soccer, do I really need to do this? Do I really need to care? And, you know, drilling down to the why, I think sometimes like we all want to be liked. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be seen for who we are. But most of the time, things people say or things that happen to us have nothing to do with us. And so asking why can kind of help put it in perspective. Yes, I it, it can. Um, but it's it, but who's you know, who's answering the why? Well, I was doing it in my journal because it got to the point where I started seeing how silly I was being, you know, that I'm upset all day because some soccer mom said something to me. And, you know, she doesn't know me. She doesn't know my life. She doesn't know what I'm going through. Is there a lesson I need to learn? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe she's having a bad day. But I needed to examine my own feelings in order to kind of let them go. Yes. I mean, I heard this uh, this week, and I wrote it on my Facebook page, and it's just it just pertains to what you're just saying, and it says, don't let people who don't matter too much matter too much. Yeah, because then you run around town. You don't see the rainbow over New York City. You run around town worried about what people think of you or what they're saying about you. And quite frankly, most of the time, they're not worth even thinking about. So, you know, why am I bothered by this? The good answer should be, unless I need to change something and I really feel I need to change, I need to let it go. I shouldn't be bothered by this. And the, or, you, know, you can't come up with a good why. Well, but but you were, and the, whatever that person did, it, tr- it triggered so I think that's, like you say, in the journal, you've got to go why and say, what what nerve did they hit that really has nothing to do about what they said? What, what, what did it, where did it really come from? Why did I get so upset? And it wasn't, it wasn't that comment or that opinion. It was something that I have to find out about me that, that made that happen. Right. And that's, you know, those, you know the, that is the biggest why of, of all, is, you know, why am I like I am? You know, we had a life, why, you know, I ask the bigger questions, why am I here? What is my soul's purpose? You know, all those whys, you know, why do, why do you minimalize yourself when we're so powerful? And I think women constantly struggle with, you know, with that. I mean, we, we were taught to not be as important as men. So it's like, why do, why, don't minimalize yourself. We are big, we are bold, we are capable of doing anything that we want. We are capable of making our dreams come true if we just get out of our own way. And how do we do that? We do that by taking out those thorns and just letting back and watching life. And if, if we're not always afraid and if we're not always trying to avoid things, if things are put in front of us that we maybe can get excited about now, or sometimes we just, if, it, if life presents us with something, let's take a shot. We did, we didn't ask for it. We didn't we didn't we didn't plan it. But life is giving this to us now. 
maybe we ought to just give it give it a try and 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 see where it leads right and i think you know if you're not getting up every day and feeling like you matter or feeling like you want to engage with the world it's a real good sign that you need to sit down and start asking yourself some of these hard questions and if you find it too overwhelming you know call somebody especially somebody who's trained in this stuff i did there's no stigma in it it's not painful i mean you actually leave feeling really good most of the time you know Finding, finding your happiness, finding your joy, is it's like a jigsaw puzzle. There's a lot of pieces that kind of have to fit together. It's just like health. It's just not one thing. We just, you know, it's not just eating right. It's eating eating right and exercising, and 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 having a good mental attitude. It's all those things. It's you know, as you get older, you have to you know, adapt all those things so that you have a very good result. And it's the same thing with all of this. It's not just it's not just journaling. It's not just meditating. It's not just yoga. It's not just talking to somebody. It's all the things or taking the best out of everything you try and putting them together so that your jigsaw puzzle fits for you. There's no two jigsaw puzzles in the world that are going to be the same because none of, you know, as much as we are the same, we've all got our... We're here for a reason. We have our lessons to learn. We have things to work out. So we have to find those things that work to, for our particular time here on this planet. Right, and we keep trying. You know, we keep trying. When stuff works for you, like, you know, yoga didn't work for me three years ago. Yoga works for me now. Why? I'm different. I I don't know um, why it works at some times in my life and sometimes it doesn't, but you keep trying because you're worth it. And I think the hardest thing with emotional baggage and carrying all this, uh, you know, this emotional hoarding is we start to feel that we're not worth it. Yes. And it's too hard, you know. It, you know, it, life is just too hard, and and you know, I'm I'm just giving up. And you, you, you know, when you when you put out that flame, you might as well say say good night, Gracie, because you know, nothing, 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 nothing makes you happy. Nothing is joyous, and life is too short. We have to we have to make every effort we can to experience all of the joy that that is out there for us and it is i mean sometimes it may seem like it's not but it is and if we i just keep saying get out of our own way uh and and shut down that that incessant voice in our head and do our journaling and find out what you know what's truly uh making making our life more difficult than it has to be and working it out I mean, I, I think it's truly amazing. We can do we can do almost anything that we set our hearts on, and I didn't say minds. I said hearts. It's funny that you said that because I was like, you know, you said anything you set your mind to, but your mind can 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 do only so much if your heart's not in it. If your heart is broken or your heart is shut off or closed off or, you know, whatever the term is that you want to use, there are tools out there, you know, journaling, a piece of pen and a paper. Who doesn't have access to a pen and a paper? You know, nobody's saying you've got to go out and move mountains and, and participate in all these expensive 
of seminars, the idea that when you have something that's bubbling up that you need to put somewhere, you know, this is one of the things that Dr. Gallenberger, Dr. Joseph Gallenberger taught me. You can look him up in his meditations, these transformation boxes. And I like to take a piece of paper and use it to transform my feelings. I write my feelings out on a piece of paper and I can rip them up and throw them away or I can toss them in the trash but those feelings have somewhere to go they're not layering up inside me they're not building up that they're going to come out and I'm screaming at my kids or my friends or anybody there's got to be a place for these feelings to go and Linda and I are here to give you permission to put these feelings somewhere else than in your body because once you start offloading them you feel lighter and lighter and I find that the more I offload in my journals um, the the lighter I feel the happier I feel I have more joyful moments now than not I smile all the time and you know that's that's a really good thing Right, and it's a visceral thing. I mean, you can feel it in your heart, in your body. It's not a mind thing. You're not convincing yourself that that that's what this is. You might at the beginning, but then your your heart and your body takes over, and you actually feel the joy. You feel like a surge of, of happy. And then you get a great big rainbow that appears in your window oh, and tells God. you you're on the right track. <laughs> it's gone now, but, I mean, we were just talking about that, and it appeared. It was. I mean, I, I can't think that's an accident. No, no. Well, you guys, we're at the end of the hour. I want to thank you, Linda, for being part of my journey on this two-part series. We've got a whole season coming up of great shows that are inspirational and educational. And as always, Linda and I are here to share our experiences because we can only teach what we know. And most of the things are worth trying because you got nothing else to lose. Pick up a pen and paper, write out your feelings, you know, throw it away, burn it, keep it. Whatever you want to do, just get them out of your psyche, get them out of your soul, get them out of your heart and mind so you can have a happy day. And we hope that rainbows come and shine over you until we see you again next week. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 